In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, what is the vision for your relationship? What was your answer, honey? If you were to ask me right now, I have no answer. I think you said I don't have a clue. Okay. Be a better man. Who you are is not who you have to be. How good do you want your relationships to be? This is man versus myth. This is man versus myth. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q Dog in the Moran Family Studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, what's it? I'm not sure, but that was... What's it? Interesting. What's it? How old are you? Who's it? I knew I'd get you there. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Love those old commercials. Yeah, so what better way to ask this question than on the spot to us both? Because this is something that we've preached for a while. And we did have a vision for our relationship, and it changed. And then the vision solely became on how are we going to move this family to Texas. <laughs> and our vision was one thing in California, but there was a glimpse of what we thought a vision in this new land would be because we said we wanted a place where we could go and live our lives and be free to move about the country and experience things. So, like, this is going to be more of an open discussion, but some kind of homework. Like, we haven't had homework in a long time. Coach Reedy used to give us homework, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm giving us homework because, you know, biblically speaking, if the people have no vision, they perish. So it's important that we run through this exercise and then report back so that our listeners um, can do the same. And I'm telling you, like, by now, if you didn't hear that episode with uh, Damon and Katoya Sumner, you need to go listen to it. It's uh, Money... What's the name of that episode? It is Money and Arguments, or... I'm going to look it up real quick, but in that um, in that episode, you know, we had never met each other. I've listened to, to their podcast. I'm not sure how they found us. I never even asked that, which if I was a better host, I'd probably would have said, hey, how'd you hear us? How'd you hear about us? Or how'd you find out about us? But anyway, um, and I did get some feedback. Money and Conflict uh, with Damon and Katoya Sumner. They are the host of Summon Up with the Sumners. Anyway, um, what we our vision was XYZ. Then our sole focus became Z. And now our next iteration of this life is we, we need to go through an exercise where we go back to the clouds and talk about what our vision is 
for our relationship now. I mean, you know, we, we have talked about uh, traveling. We've talked about going to concerts. We've talked about uh, wanting to get back into fishing. Um, we've talked about, uh, you know, how you know, love going to the gun range and shooting and et cetera. So what is it? What are we going to do? How are we going to, like, define the next step in this journey uh, for the vision in our relationship. Um, it was one thing in California, and now that's changed, whether we like it or not. We changed it. But if we don't take responsibility, if we don't um, define this on purpose for the purpose of, you know, our relationship evolving, then what are, what are we really doing? You're shrugging at me. But you're not saying anything. Well, I didn't know you were actually asking me a question. Jeannie, I'm asking like you. Sounded kind of rhetorical to me. Maybe it's slightly rhetorical, but in the same... I mean, in the same breath, though, it's not. Because I want to provoke that thought in you. And I know there's enough to think about already. We just finished a crazy episode that started off with Hocus Pocus and ended really deep. Like, really deep. Family-wise. And I looked at uh, the lineup of episodes that I have, and I'm like, okay, well, it's time for you to figure out what is what does it look like when you're creating the vision for your relationship. And we went through, I think the last one we, we went through was when we were at uh, Tony and Elisa's, you know, dream, dream again, you know, conference. Mm -hmm. And so... I know there's things that we definitely want to accomplish. Um, we need to locate each other to figure out where we are and keep tabs. And I think, I think with all the smoke, I think we have done that to a degree with checking in. I've intentionally done that with you, unless you haven't noticed. You're intentionally doing that with me. I'll let you answer for yourself. Um, but where, where do you think we are in checking in on one another? No, we do it on a consistent basis, so it's not... It's not something that we skip on. True. But we're checking on each other for the moment, but we're not checking on, we're not like endeavoring to dream about what the next leg of our relationship looks like. Who knows why? Maybe it's just um, our focus is on trying to get settled, trying to keep our head above water, etc. But I think it's time... Um, if you just let me ask you this, if there was if there was something that you, you know, if we had all the money and all the time in the world, what would what one thing would there be um, relationship wise for us that you would want to like implement or make it a part of what we're doing for the purpose of what? The only thing I can think of that's missing is time alone. Mm -hmm. And that's just for the purpose of having time alone so that we're focused on each other and not everything else. Yeah. And I would say, um, I would say that's, that is one of the things that's definitely, it's been a priority, but at the same time, you know, they say priorities can change. Mm. So 
how can we, even if we start really small, how can we plug something in to, uh, like plug something into our calendar to where we can start to get time away? I would say that's probably top priority um, for the vision, uh, for our vision for our relationship is to put time away or travel for just remembering that we're married where it's like there are no other responsibilities we just want to remember we're married i have some ideas well there goes the pen there goes the pen um and i guess we're not on video and they can't see what i'm writing so i'm gonna say um We could look at doing something on the weekend, weekend overnights. Staycation. So as far as the vision um, for our relationship, just looking at that, that's pushing us to priority one intimacy and experiences. That's a really bad handwriting for experiences, but I'm at a bad angle. It happens. Um, so I'm I'm completely on board with us, like redesigning what we're doing to get time away, um, so that we can start investing in our marriage again. So I think looking at that now, I I'm saying that that's like a vision the future but to you what what is that how does that correlate with this is a vision i have of our relationship like this is the how can you say it this putting like implementing this and us getting back to doing this um getting us back to fun it's the action okay there there you go we're all business right now yeah so number one is fun in our relationship um okay so that if that's if that's one and maybe these aren't ranked but maybe we just have a few things that we're going to put down and then we can prioritize those you know what's another like from your side i'm thinking um i'm thinking from my side Fun, putting fun, you know, bringing fun back to our relationship. I mean, we have we have moments of fun, but not not what we like to do, which is to go and just be with each other. That is that is what we need. Um, what else can you think of when you think about our relationship? I mean, if we if we go back to the fundamentals of why 
we connected? Um, what it, what else can you see for a vision um, in our relationship? Or can you? Or is it just too cloudy? How do we hone in? What does our relationship need, I guess I'm asking? I don't know. Right now we're kind of routine. Everything is routine. Everything is business. Um, so the, the getaways, the spontaneity, that stuff is, is what kind of breaks that up for us. But right now we're just... We're all about routine and calendars and getting things done just to get things done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because what else do we, I mean, what else do we really have except for, like, like you even said in, you know, a previous episode where all the days are like blending together. So it's like where... We have one, like one thing we do that's intentional right now, and that's Sunday nights we come up and watch our show, The Dragon Show. Like we're making time for that, and that's okay. It's not a great. It's, the show's not great. It's, it's okay. You sleep through half of it anyway. Yeah, that's because <laughs> the show's not great. Um, there's some great stuff about the show anyway. So, what I mean. Before we, before we moved from California, um, I know that we were really taking time, and I think we the mechanism we used was hockey season, like the tickets we would use those our season tickets for the rain to plan time to get away and to really refresh ourselves. Because like even right now, um, on the weekends. The weekends are just gone. Yeah. I mean, it is just gone. You, you blink your eyes on Friday night, and here you are. It's Sunday night, and it's already back to the grind. So there's really, we're really not doing a great job. Um, I think we're doing a great job in other areas, but we're not doing a great job of investing in us like we should. Fair. So if I try to if I try to put that um if I try to put that together is like how do we implement or how do we change that to like reengineer what the vision is um cuz I mean I know there's there's fun. We love experiences. I'm going to write down accomplishments because the things that I part of our like my daily prayer for us is that our podcast would be blessed, but also you as a writer would be blessed and that your books would be blessed. And, you know, um, I think something that also that uh, I heard Coach Abman, Coach Nick Saban say in a speech one time is um you know, 
what are your, do you always pray to be blessed or do you pray to be a blessing? So part of my, like part of my, you know, future looking at what the vision is, is how, how can I become more of a blessing to you, even to the family? Because I feel like y'all are a big blessing to me. I think y'all take good care of me. And I do my best to be all things to all people with the limited amount of time I have because, you know, working the job is it's not nine to five. It's kind of more than that. So I'm going to write down present. So fun experiences, accomplishments and present to the moment. What is there for you? And I know I put you on the spot. And I think sometimes these conversations take time because you really need time to think and dream. And it's hard to think and dream in our current, like our current status, if you will, because you know, like you say, the day starts around 5 for me and ends around 11 p.m., which is not uncommon for people, I'm sure. Um, but we need to have, we need to reinvest ourselves in what the vision, the next step or the next leg of our relationship is going to be. Because we were really, really, really focused Um on getting the family moved. And now, now what's our vision? Where where are we going in our relationship as husband and wife? And where are we going in our relationship as parents? I honestly don't have a clear answer for you. I know. And I don't have a clear answer for you either. And that's why it's like important to to discuss it and to put it out there and to work through it. Not that we're going to work through it on this podcast. This is just me like getting, getting our mind and our, you know, body engaged in the idea that as the dust settles from the move, we need to remember to be intentional about our relationship. And I mean, you know, obviously, we have goals separately that we want to accomplish when it comes to our health or, you know, time in the gym or things of that nature. And those things are important. But I believe that it's vitally important that, you know, I, I ha- what was your idea, like when we were moving to Texas, what was your thought or what was your idea of like, I want to move here because this I wanted to be able to get out again where we were we weren't getting out we weren't doing anything there were too many rules and we couldn't comply with the rules not all of us anyway we wouldn't I agree no I couldn't I can't put a mask on her face I am not getting my ass kicked for some idiot that says she has to wear a mask when she cannot physically or emotionally handle wearing a mask. Yeah. No. 
So when it when like whenever we came here, one thing uh, we felt like a the state was open, which was a big plus. People were nice. People were nice, <laughs> and they're the things that we love that we love together are all close. Heck yeah! Like to this area. It's that was uh, the that was it right there was the things that we love to do we weren't getting to do as often and here they're 30 minutes away and open and we could go and it was like it's a lot easier to plan something when it's a 30 minute drive and it's something that you love to do and that you could do often versus we have to plan an entire day around a two hour drive two hours back babysitting you know all that kind of stuff it was just very very different and i'm i'm just thinking through it right now maybe maybe we do know the vision for our relationship it's just not articulated because one of the the things that was important to us why we wanted to move here was to go out and do things as a family Mm -hmm. and i think about it like in this short like four months or so think about the things we have done and think about the things we have, you know, we do still have things planned to do. Yeah. And, you know, an- another one of the things I'm going to write down is traditions. Those are changing. It's pretty exciting to think of if you think about that. I don't, why did I, I think I approached this show in a negative way. Without trying to. Probably because you didn't have any ideas about this conversation, like where it was going to go. Because the last conversation we just had was pretty heavy. It was. and But when I looked at it, it's like, we don't have a vision for our relationship. This sucks. How can we help everybody? But now that we're starting to talk about it, I'm thinking, I think we do have a vision. Maybe it's just not like fully articulated but we're actually here doing what we said we want to do the the one thing we're not doing is getting away because there when you look at when you look at our family um one thing you've taught me and you've really really taught our family is it's about creating experiences that i would say Number one in, okay, okay, now this is all, it's all coming to me now. Now I'm, I'm freaking getting it. Now I'm getting it. Okay. Everybody watch out. Everybody get out of the way. Now I get it. Number one, number one for our relationship when it comes to the vision is Why do I write number one there? Insanely awesome love. There's one reason. There's one reason. And I did. If we were on video now, they could see me going across the table. There's one reason. Is because we both said this before, and I live by it now. In in spite of the present moment where we're really getting through tough circumstances, is you know that um, Brad Paisley song. I thought I loved you then. Mm-hmm. Um, Neither one of us never knew that our relationship, like us, that we could be this good. But uh, but actually we are. 
this good. And the way we do love one another, even when times are tough, even when I'm traveling, if we say to one another, I need you, we're there. And it's because we love one another, like outrageously love one another. Um, So insanely awesome love, I think, is the vision we point to. It's where we operate from out of our relationship. It all starts there. And one of the one of the biggest things that we've always put into our relationship, one of the, the things that's truly mattered the most is this word. It's joy. It's laughing. And we both bring that to each other's life, our twisted sense of humor. So it's about love, and it's about joy. It's about laughing. I know for a fact, I know for a fact in my vows, you know, going on 23 years ago, one of the things I said I committed to do was to try to make you laugh every day. And that's, that is like in the fabric of our relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's there. Um, so we have love, awesome love. We have joy. We have laughing. Here's something that we both really thoroughly enjoy. And we're evolving in this area with one another. And that's sex. We love doing that with each other. Well, I would hope so. No, not I would hope. <laughs> do, do you love doing that with me? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another part of the vision that we continue. And I mean, to me, sex is another another word for sex is intimacy. Or like, you know, Bill used to say, into me, see. So that's, um, I mean, that's three things that we put as far as the, like the vision. And it's not that we never had the vision. It's that our vision for ourselves was not priority. Our vision for the family has been priority. Yeah. And we've been we've been checking in with each other and going, you know, doing some of these things. But I actually want to craft this vision for our relationship so I can look at it and understand that it's like this is this is what we're building together and if we it's you know we talk about being business but in the business world if you if you if everybody knows what the vision is for the company then they can all do things to work towards creating that and to being intentional about it now we love each other there's joy in our relationship sex and intimacy and i i would say probably you take this over here it's like creating uh experiences or making memories you know why that's so important right tell me because when you your body responds to how you emotionally respond to a memory So, like, the other day when I gave you the candle and it smelled like, I found a candle in the store and it smelled like these cookies that his grandpa used to keep in the house. And he kept them for me because I hated the other ones that grandma used to keep in the house. 
And when Grandpa found out that I liked these lemon cookies, he made sure they were always on hand whenever I came over. And I just happened to pick up this candle, and it smells just like those cookies. And it was like instantly I was taken back to the first time he went in the kitchen and showed me where he was stashing them so that when other people came over, they didn't take my cookies. It was like his thing for me. And so I showed it to Quincy the day, and I, and I had burned it already, too. That's the trip, is it actually still smells after you burn it. Sometimes they lose their... And I told Quincy, I'm like, smell this. And he was just like, oh, my God, bring it back, bring it back. That's Grandpa. That memory brings up joy, and it start, you, you instantly go to that emotion. Mm-hmm. You physically feed off of that emotion. It changes everything in your body, in your thinking, in your behavior, when you can connect to that. So when we make these memories with the kids and we create these experiences later on in life when things are getting really crappy and you can pick up a photograph of, you remember how stupid we were when we went to this game and we all had the selfie stick? You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like you, you go back and you look at these things and you can laugh at them or you remember the joy in it or maybe you need to go back and, you know, You just need to have a somber, grateful moment about Grandpa. So you find a picture of you and him, and you go over the conversation you had that day. Those things are what help change the perspective of what we're doing in a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I I had a bad attitude the other day. Kiki had been in my office, was messing with crap, picked up pictures, and I've got pictures of Mo with her big old poofy curly hair and her colorful tutus and... I mean, she is not this child anymore. She's shifted quite a bit. But when she was teeny tiny, it was like the sparklier, the more foo-foo, the better. Mm -hmm. And I just remember taking her in the store and what we were doing. We bought that particular tutu for her and stuff. And it just changed my day for a few minutes because I'm not pissed off now. Now I'm thinking about something a little bit better. And it just shifts things. I want them to have that. They need to have that because they haven't made their own yet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, there's two things I, I'll point to just to, like, confirm or add credibility or confirmation to what you're talking about. It's like um, today when I'm putting the studio together and I hear Hunter singing downstairs. <laughs> um, Christmas music, no less. But just him singing. He, he was, loves it. He was belting. That is his favorite Christmas song. He was singing with all that he had. Yep. And we've been having a rough time with Hunter. But, you know, uh, probably probably 10 years ago, maybe less, um, the Lord gave me dreams about Hunter. And it was we're going through a time where he was telling me, I don't want your last name. I want Papa's last name. And he was mad at me for not letting him move to Idaho when he was five years old. And it was just a bitter struggle. And it was one of the lowest points of my life because I know my child has autism, but there was just something there that was so gut-wrenching and it hurt. In all fairness, you have to understand the way Hunter's mind thinks. Papa always gets to do what Papa wants. He gets to play. He gets to have ice cream every day. He gets to do these things because Papa is retired. Papa doesn't work. Daddy works. 
Are you telling that to me or are you telling who are you telling that to? I'm explaining that because it's not like Hunter just woke up one day and decided to be a turd and he didn't want you as his dad. It's yeah. because the way he understood how he saw my dad's life and what my dad could do. He's retired. So Papa's saying is always, I can do whatever I want. You want to go to the store? We can go to the store. You want to go have ice cream? We can go have ice cream. I can do whatever I want because he doesn't have the responsibility of a job. For Hunter, that's Hunter's thing has been for you. I can do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, I mean, that's thank you for pro- providing context there. Um, but I got I had these dreams because Hunter and I were really, really at odds. It was real difficult. Um, but I just got a couple of dreams in, on two separate days about his innocence, the beauty of his innocence mm-hmm. and that that should be protected in my hands above all uh, above all other things protect this child's innocence um and so hearing him sing today reminded me that's my son that that is my son the joy in life mm-hmm. you know the the happy guy that loves the holidays the and loves yep. tra- tradition etc and i was like i gotta go give this guy a hug thank you for reminding me hunter you know and then one of the things that we love doing as a family, and it just kind of happens, um, usually it's like if we're playing games or, you know, we're sitting down to talk as a family, the kids start reminiscing about their memories and what they did and how they loved when they were young, much younger, the things that you and I would do with them and, you know, the goofy things that I had done, etc. And I was talking to my cousin Shane the other day about the, the power in fragrance, the, the power of what a smell can, like, um, you know, and in, in, I think in Eastern culture, but also in the Christian culture, if you get down to it, which, it, which is an Eastern religion, if you will, um, there's something about fragrance and what it does to create a memory or what it does to emphasize a situation. And I, I would tell him, it's like, when you go into a particular house, whether it was Grandpa's or my Aunt Linda's house, or you walk you walk into PJ's gym, and you smell and you smell the smell of that place, or I say like when I travel, Jeannie puts my clothes on because apparently they smell like me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that captivates you, that solidifies you, that takes you back, or or allows you to just let your guard down for a moment and be like. This this is mm-hmm. so and so, so there's a lot of power in that. Or like when I smell your perfume, I, the du- one of the dumbest things you can think of is when it was time for you to change perfumes, and I went out to shop. I don't get nervous about a lot of things. Why was I nervous about that? I don't know. It meant a lot to me. I don't. I have no. I can't explain it. But when I found the perfume, I said, "This, this is it. This is my wife's perfume." And now, you know, spray it, smell it. It's like, that's home. That's the only way I can explain yeah. it. These things, it's like, that's home. Um, and so when you, when you, for us, it's important, like you say, just going back to that, to create and make memories. That's part of the fabric or the vision of our relationship, whether it's in our marriage or whether it's in our family. Well, just going back to an example with our marriage it the memories that we have from San Diego when things get rough and we start having those 
moments because we have them everybody does mm-hmm. where those voices kind of come in my head and start playing what if games or you know if we haven't been talking really well or we haven't been you know doing the things that we would normally do that stuff kind of plays on my mind it's like I can go back to no in San Diego we made a commitment Th- this was the conversation just that and I mean even now mm-hmm. just that night it's like this whatever this is will go away because I remember making the commitment. I remember the words that you said. I remember everything from that night, and I hold on to it. Mm-hmm. That's the vision in our marriage: is to experience things, to make memories, to bring joy and laughter to each other, to have fun. Yeah, we have the basics and the the business side of things, but that's what's most important. Because like it or not, one day one of us is going to be here by themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the patchwork that's going to be what we live on because we're going to be telling our grandkids and our great-grandkids about their grandfather or their grandmother and all these things and the likings that you have to them. And you know what I mean? That That's the stuff. Like our kids, Anissa's already made up her mind what she's going to build off of on some of our traditions. Mm -hmm. That's what's important. Exactly. Because when her kids come around, and she changes up the tradition a little bit. Like this year, our Christmas tradition is changing. Normally, we have Christmas with your mom, and then we have Christmas just us. We're not going to be in California, and your mom's not coming here. So this year, it's Josh and Melly coming over, and their tradition is to make tamales. So we're going to learn to make tamales this year. Yeah. And she's going to learn how to make our cookies. And we're going to make a traditional Christmas dinner, and then... Christmas Day, we're going to have our family thing that we always do. It's changing, but we're still keeping it the same. You know, we're just adapting to where we are in life. And even now, you know, some of the kids wanting to go do things with other people for Halloween or whatever. Now we're open to, well, if your friends want to come over when we're doing these things, bring them. We didn't used to let other people in our tradition. Outside of Melissa and Ashley, we didn't let a whole lot of people into our tradition because it was like this sacred thing that I was like. Meh. Well, we've all. I think we've a lot of times we invited plenty of people, but have, we're just told no. But we kind of had our own thing going on. I, and you know, that's I. I couldn't have asked you like we didn't like I didn't write an outline and point to something and ask you to say what you just said um, about San Diego and about. Um, going back to those as a memory to solidify your place and get through the temporary. But that was the point of me making this show. That's the point of me. And you heard how I was struggling in the beginning of the show, just going, well, what is this freaking vision? What do we have going on here? And it just kind of started to open up after I started thinking about it. But the reason it's like mission critical to have a vision for your relationship and to have it articulated, even written down or, like your vows, um, is because life can get hard, and you have to have something to look back to, something that solidifies and say, well, what am I doing this for? Why am I even doing this? There's too many marriages right now that are giving up, calling it quits, and moving on to something else. And it's like an epidemic, if you will, based on what I'm, what I see and what I'm hearing and the people I interact with that are divorced two or three times you know you got you you look back and it's like well 
if there's no purpose, there's a reason that we got together and that we decided to get married. And over the course of life and time, that can get lost. So what? where's your true north? What do you go back to? Once you start to drift apart um, in your relationship, at what point does somebody look up and see that you've, you've drifted so far apart away from the land that you cannot swim back and you need help? Well, what's an anchor? What anchors you there so you don't drift away? It's having a vision for your life, having a vision for your relationship, and knowing, well, what the hell am I doing this for? Because if you don't, like loneliness and bitterness and resentment, that can that can be brought in and that can harden you. Mm-hmm. And then you and then it's like you may it, there's a there's a worry that there might not be a pathway back without breaking you. And if that's necessary, it's necessary. But if you if if we if you and I, Jeannie and Quincy, if we if we don't remember why we're in this, life can get so difficult that we might go our separate ways. I'm not saying we're in danger of that now, but you get to thinking about it. It's like I'm looking at my job and when I travel and when I'm like when I'm going, you know, out of town or out of state, I always tell myself, you can't check boxes. You can't just go through the motions. This time away from your family, it has to matter. You have to put something into this for the sacrifice you're making from your family. It, it better be worth it. There better be fruit from this because you're losing time with your family. So it better matter, and you better make it worth it, and it be- you better be able to reap something because my family is the most valuable thing I have in this world. And I don't take it lightly that I'm sacrificing this time away or that I'm leaving you here with Hunter and Kiki and the family. So that's my mindset as I'm getting ready in the hotel in the morning. It's like you are not going to go through the motions. Whatever you do, you're going all in here because your your sacrifice to be here is so great. And if I didn't do that, then I could mail it in, and the time that I'm away from the family could be lost if I fail. Um, and that's where I look at this in the in the conversations that we've had with some of our guests in the past people that have almost lost their relationship um, or people who did lose it and had to get it back. Unless you have a vision to hold on to, something to think about, um, something to go back to. Your, your, Your popular phrase for over 20 years has been, I signed a contract. That's where you live. You live right there. The contract you signed, that's your commitment. Well, what does that look like? And what is it that you're fighting for every day? What is it that you're living for every day? What is it that you think about um, when you are alone? I'm traveling on the road. Hunter and Kirsten won't sleep. And you're just under a cloud of misery. What pushes you to continue when we're arguing or we're fussing or we're going through something with the kids what is it that keeps us bonded together 
so that we continue down the path. We know through experience, we know these things are temporary. But if that's what pushes me through it, right? (laughs) That's what pushes me through it. If we can get past San Diego, the moment we were in when we went to San Diego, that was like the make it or break it point for me. It wasn't for me because I wasn't in that place. It's and and hearing you tell that story over the years is surprising to me. But go ahead. We haven't even it, talked about that story for a long time. It, it was it was a make it or break it moment for me because we were in a place where um, hard decisions had to be made. Either something was going to change, or we were going to be basically roommates, living in the same house, and just doing our own thing. And um, how deep I was at that point. If, if what happened in San Diego, we, the turning point for us in San Diego is there was a conversation that we had. He did not know what I had been thinking or what I had been going through. I hadn't been discussing it with him. And we had a conversation and, um, you just addressed everything I was dealing with without ever having the conversation with me. And I was like, okay, this is how I know you're my person. Because no one else knew what I was going through. I hadn't talked about it with anybody. I had only prayed about it. I had not discussed it at all. Because I go through stuff on my own. I just don't do that. I'm better about it now. But if we can get past that, then this other stuff, when it comes up, like, yeah, I get pissed. I, more than likely, if we're having a rough moment, the house gets really, really clean. And then I'm fine. <laughs> so are you saying I need to make you mad the day that I leave out of town? Uh, no. So no. That would be know. manipulative and intentional. And then you might find your underwear tied in knots in the drawer when you get home. That would not be good. I I can untie my underwear. <laughs> you think. <laughs> They're not small underwear, buddy. <laughs> They're not. But um, I I can look back at that and just... It's temporary. When you get back, we'll talk it through. This and most times, we don't even wait till you get back. Yeah. If, if there's something that, that's going on and you have to leave town and we have to separate on, on a, a hard talk or, you know, a, a crappy conversation or something, we usually, at some point in that 24-hour period, pick up the phone and it's like, okay, I, we got to do something because I can't function this way. Um, and that's, it works both ways, mm-hmm. but it, it will eat at us if we don't handle it. Um, and that's one of our agreements is we don't let stuff eat at us cause then it just gets worse. Um, so I just, I push past it or I refocus and say, okay, you know what? The, this conversation has to happen, but we can't deal with it right now. And there's no sense in harping on it because I can't do anything with it. All it's going to do is piss me off and make my day worse. So I'll shift gears and I'll do something with the kids or I'll do something that needs to be done at the house. Sometimes I'll just sit down and paint. I mean, it just, I I have to get myself out of it so that I can clearly think about it when we come back to it. Because otherwise you just sit in Vester and you, you know, imagine what the conversation will be. And then you argue in your head with what you might say. And this is what I think you might say. And it's just not, we've, we've learned to, not do those things mm-hmm. um, but I can also go back and you know I can p- 
pull up memories of different things. And, you know, we had a really, really shitty day this time, too. And then we went and did this, and it was like, why the hell are we even fighting? This doesn't make any sense. You know, now we can joke because if we have a really shitty day, we need to go to the shooting range. Mm-hmm. Let's just go take it out on the on the target, and we're good. But some people might t- not take too kindly to how that sounds. But I don't care. It's it is what it is. Sometimes it's just we're stressed, and you know when you're stressed about work, or we're stressed about life, or we're stressed about kids, or we're stressed about money. Crap happens. Things get said that don't mean to be said, and you got to go back and clean it up. Okay. Go clean it up. And sometimes we just, I don't know. I, I've just learned I don't want to sit and stew over the ugly stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help me. It makes me physically sick. That's not going to help anybody. If this ship goes down, we're all screwed. So there's no point. I guess it's just, you know, 20 years of a different outlook, finally. <laughs> I don't know. What I what I do know is that uh, knowing why I'm doing something helps me through the hard times, and it's not, you know, I love what Ed Milet says, um, and even Cole Rogers says the same thing. It's not happening to you; these things happen for you so that you can get better, um, so that you can grow. You know, sometimes sometimes life tests your metal to see where you are, and I'm okay with that. I can appreciate the hard times we've come through. There are a few of the hard times that I wish never happened, ever. Because there's truly no good that has come out of it. And that would be, you know, what those babysitters did to our children. There's no good that came out of that. Period. Um, but for the majority of the hard times, I, I can look back. And it's interesting that how people watch you from the outside and you don't know they're watching you. Because I've had family members call and say, you know, what you guys are doing is such a big deal. And I, and I don't, I never really see these big things as big deals. It's just what needs to get done. That's my mindset. Um, but, you know, they've called and more than one have called and they've said, hey, look, with what you guys have been through, if there's anybody in the world that can accomplish what you and Jeannie are going to accomplish, it's you two. I've watched you, and I've seen you come through all these things, and that's only the things they know about. Yeah. And it's like, and I have, I, if I have faith in anybody who can do it, you guys can do it. And that's not even knowing that people are watching you because you're so distracted, you know, by doing what needs to get done. But I am big on doing things on purpose for a purpose. And I'm big on being intentional. And one of the weird things about me is I want to love you in such a way so when you think of me, it does invoke some sort of an emotion or some sort of joy. I want you to feel loved outrageously. And I want to do that. I, I, want, I want to be the person on the planet that loves you best. I can't do that unless I know what I'm doing it for. I can't do that unless I know what you need. Uh, And that's where things like this for a vision for your relationship. I mean, you need to have a vision for your life so that you're growing and you're progressing because what can you take with you? 
when it's time for you to leave, all you have that you can take with you are the memories and the memories that were made with you. I think a, a lot of people struggle with this because when you say, what's your vision? It's like, oh, I've got to have this like elaborate oh. you know, Could be. plan. And then you say, well, what's your why? When people ask me that, I freak out. I don't know what my why is. I don't have a why. But I do have a what. But you do have a why. No, listen. People say find your why. When you find your why, you have your purpose. Okay. Why did we get married? Everybody's answer is because I love the person. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. That's everybody's generalized answer. Okay. You know what made me want to marry him? He makes me laugh. He treats me better than anybody's ever treated me. He actually listens to me when I'm talking. And it's not like just random conversation. You listen. Even the stuff I don't say, you hear. And he knows me. So when I'm not my best, I have somebody that can help me be my best without making me feel like shit in the moment. That's why I married you. So my what made me marry you is my why I want to be married to you. Do I have a vision where I have this big board that says all these great things I want to do? No. My vision for my marriage is we do laughter and joy really well. I want more of that. We do experiences and traditions and memories really well. I want more of that. And when we get to the point where we can actually kind of branch out a little bit more, we want to travel. We want to do things. We want to see things we've never seen. We want to experience things that other people we know have always wanted to do but couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And you and I want to find a way to make it happen. I'm tired of being the person that's like, well, one day. One day can be any freaking day. I don't want a one day. I want to. On this date in this year, at this time, we are getting on a plane and we're doing this. Because we set out to do this with each other. We wanted to experience this together. And then when our grandkids are growing up, we can tell them, we did that. And now your grandkids have a goal. I want to go see what grandma and grandpa saw. I want to go do what they did. My, my vision is that we will have... Not just a great marriage, but an amazing marriage so that our kids will then have an awesome marriage. And then their kids will then have a tremendous marriage. And it will keep going as we go because we live in a place in time now where it's acceptable to quit. It is acceptable to just shift gears and go somewhere else because I'm not comfortable anymore. Or I don't want to have to put in the effort or the fight for this. But if you'll do it for a job... Mm-hmm. If someone tells you if you don't get this account or you don't make this happen, your job is on the line, you bust your ass to get that done because you don't want to lose that job. Some of us can't afford to lose that job. If someone comes to you and says, if you don't make that payment, we're taking your car, you figure out a way. You do whatever you can. You may not make that payment, but you do everything you can to find a way to make the payment. You don't quit. So why is it okay to say, eh, my marriage is too hard, I'm going to quit? 
I, I don't have it in me. You don't have it in you. It's work. It's, I mean, I love how the movies make it seem like it's so blissful. Mm-hmm. And it's so perfect. And you have this one little hiccup and then they make up. Look, I write. I get it. I understand the way the trope works. Life is not a trope. It doesn't work that way where it's like you meet and everything's exciting and then you have this one hang up and then you make up and everything is perfect from there on out. Disney lied. Well, I don't know if it's perfect from there on out. It's just the that's where the movie ends. Exactly. And that's, you know, probably my next the the movie I'm going to do, where the movie ends. <laughs> where the you know, you know what's really cool? Um None of this was planned. No. This was a blank page save. Welcome to our therapy session. It was a blank page save the date and uh, what is the vision for your relationship? And just your what did you say? What did you say when I asked you that? Before I have I no clue. I have no clue. But guess what? You just articulated it and what it is. But see, I my brain did what I told you. You said vision, and I'm thinking, oh God, I'm supposed to have plans, and I'm so. I think that's what most people do when you say, "What is your vision?" I, I don't know. I I don't have like this big elaborate poster board full of grand gestures and things that need to happen for our marriage. I have no clue. But well, I mean, you're just associating it with the the vision board. I mean, that's what that's you're what doing. I'm saying, though. How many times does somebody ask you something, and your mind automatically clicks to something that's familiar, and you're going, "Oh shit, this is really big. I don't know what to do with this." Yeah, well, I made the same but mistake then, when I started the show. That's why it's you like, stuttered. But then when we start going through it, it's like it's it's not. I don't look at it as vision. That's not the word I would use to describe it. This is. This is my desire for our marriage. This is my plan moving forward. This is what we do. This well, is who we are. I know, but so a vision is, not, is, I mean, it's vernacular at this I get point, it. I'm not know. picking on you. I'm just saying the only reason I thought of it is because, you know, listening to Ed Milet, listening to Tony Robbins, everybody's like, what's your vision? What's your why? What's your purpose? And you're going, what the fuck? I don't know. It's well, a big question. Well, it's, I think this might be an aha for you just for that. Possibly. To say it's not this big, ugly word. It's actually, I mean, you, we talked about it. We, we, I started choking around over here going, well, what the crap? What is this thing? I don't know. <laughs> and then I had, I had an aha because I was, it was weird how I started off with this saying in a negative way, oh crap, we don't, we don't have a vision for the next part of our <laughs> relationship. And I, and I stopped. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I need to struggle through these things, you know. I need to. I think all too often I try to. I don't. Tr- I try to say the right thing because. I'm trying to do the right thing, but it's never not true what I'm saying. Um, but you, I mean, you want to sound somewhat. Like you have your crap together, but this is one that I I said it was an open discussion because it's like, well, what is this? Because I looked at, you know, we did write our stuff. We took the time in California at some point when we did that Dream Again deal. Um, and even before that, to, to write out what did we want for our relationship. Well, that's what got us to Texas. Our Dream Again wasn't, we talked about our marriage, but really what we talked about was what was our dream for the family. We focused on 
what do we see for our kids? Because when our kids are up and running and they have their own life, it's going to be us. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? It's going to be the four of us. But that's that that was it. It was like, well, what does that look like? Okay, well, that's why we moved where we moved. Because Hunter, like his mom and dad, loves sports. Mm-hmm. And we like to go and we get involved in our sports. Mm-hmm. We, we are very active. And this was one of those places where when the kids up and moved, we have everything that baseball, hockey, football, it's all right here. And listen, that's true. And I want to interrupt you and say I had no idea at the time we decided to move that Oklahoma and Texas were going to move to the SEC, which is another big benefit because that means every other year Bama's coming to town. But it's like it it was just – this is what we were looking for. That was the dream again. That was the, where do we want to be? Why do we want to be there? What are we looking for? And it's like, you know what? Bubba needs this. He needs this. It's it's to him, even though he doesn't fully understand it, he loves to go and get a souvenir and watch the game and watch the crowd and see. It's just a big deal for him. For you and me, it's about the game. You know, and seeing him get a little flappy and whatnot, but... For Kirsten, she just wants to be wherever we're at. She just doesn't want to be by herself. She Mm -hmm. wants to be part of what's going on. It's not always easy, but that was why we chose to come here. Because when we got here, it was like, dude, football, hockey, baseball, done, score, we're here. And then how the people treated us and the way that we could take them out, the way people treat them when we take them places. Mm Um, you know, our kids moving from California. Now, I will admit, the first time you tell somebody you're from California, you have to preface it or they will ask you a question. <laughs> so I usually preface with, I did not bring politics here. I moved here because I didn't like what was happening there. And that's the end of the topic. Um, otherwise, they'll just say, welcome to Texas. We have one request. Please don't bring whatever's going on there here. Yeah, We're happy. Exactly. And so, you know. And that can be any number of issues that people have with different. I'm not afraid to say what it is, but this is about marriage. So I leave it alone. But that was part of it was what is our marriage going to look like? Mm -hmm. What vision do we have for our marriage? Our vision for our marriage is to still be able to do these things that we love and go do stuff together and experience it. It's just going to include Hunter and Kiki. This was the best spot for that. So I don't think we ever lost the vision of it i think it's just it's not a primary focus at the moment for making all these experiences and stuff about you and i because we wanted to get everybody else our priority coming here was to get the kids adjusted acclimated and to show them you could go do these things and have life again these are the things we love to do this is what's available to us let's go make some memories and get you rooted in home True. It, the The thing that we do, though, is we tend to get hyper-focused on family, making sure family's good, and we sometimes we lose ourselves. Now, look, we still have our, our time. We still do our things, but it's different than when we make each other a priority and we leave the responsibility of the house mm-hmm. and we invest fully in one another. And we'll do that until it's like, Oh, wait, we're at critical mass. We're at each other's throat. What? What's going on? Oh, yeah. We need to get Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why maybe we lost sight of the vision. I believe we had 
we had a, a vision of what we wanted it to be. And I actually, go, going back, remember telling you that I believe that Texas would be the catalyst to the next phase of our life. And it's kind of turning out, it's so early in the process, but I can actually see it now. I can see it now. You know what we gave up leaving California. I can see what it can become now. But it's important because we need to know this. I need to have this put up somewhere where I can see it. Maybe it's the athlete in me. When you put those things up and you look at them and you pass by them daily, it's a reminder. It's my picture on the mirror in there that says mindset. It's a reminder. It's me knowing what I'm doing this for. Because for me, I want to have a reason. I want to be solid. It, may, it, it helps me live each day very intentionally. It'll ha- as dumb as this sounds, on the day we plan, like the weekends we plan to relax, I want to relax just as hard as I work. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to do it guilt-free. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if I'm not doing something, I'm feeling guilty for it. And that's probably a whole other therapy session. <laughs> um, we started this with you had no clue. What, what the vision was, and I was tripping all over myself trying to work through it. Being vulnerable and raw enough to do it, you know. You're I, welcome. Part of the way through <laughs> this thing, I'm going, dude, am I, did I, is this a mistake? Am I even going to air this because I have, you know, the right to do so or not do so? I'm going to do it. But I'm thinking, how did I lose sight of what the vision is for our relationship? And interestingly enough, some of these things we're doing, whether we acknowledge them or we look at them and focus and, and remind ourselves in the hard times that we're doing them, that's one thing. Or are we so short-sighted that, you know, we're still standing in the frame without stepping out and looking at the picture and saying, yeah, we've actually mentioned this to each other, that we've gone out more as a family in these short few short months than a lot of our time in California. So... Kudos to us. But now, at this moment, we can we can go back and look, and it's like insanely awesome love. It's like you articulated to me why you married me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that I need to remember. So I'm doing those things intentionally. Maybe they're second nature right now. I don't know, but I want to make sure I'm doing them. And the joy and the laughing in our relationship you want more of that. Well, so do I. And I I want to be the one to make you laugh. It's to, It still surprises me that I can do that after all this time. I can still make you laugh. Like, authentically. It's crazy. Um, you know, for our sex and our intimacy. Uh, for creating experiences or making memories. Uh, to travel and the meaningful connections. It's important for us because we want to be that example for our kids. Um, and the success in our, like, as far as our careers go. And then, you know, I want an amazing marriage. That is what we did when we reinvested in one another. We signed up for an amazing marriage, not for a good marriage. And look, it's, an, it's the law of averages. The marriage is not necessarily going to be amazing every single day. But collectively, you have good days, you have bad days, there's, you know, Hills and valleys, son, hills and valleys. And my mother just, you know, remind her words ring in my head. Um, but on the average, 
you can have an amazing marriage, but it's nothing that's going to happen organically. You have to be intentional because if you're not, we've done it in our own relationship where we start drifting apart. Mm -hmm. And then you go to what you know, which is survival mode. And if we don't call each other on that and if we don't have something that we can look at to say, all right, when I wake up today, thank God for my marriage. And then you can run down this list. Like, I'm, I'm grateful for these things. And like Coach Saban said, do, you, do I just want these things to be done to me or do I want to pray to be a blessing and bless you with these things in our relationship? And now we know. Um, now we know. So after all, after all that, it, it actually has worked out quite well. Better than I expected. Not bad for homework on a mic, huh? Yeah, I <laughs> guess, you know, I thought we would have this discussion and do the homework afterwards. But now no. we're kind of an in-the-moment person. I almost made a dirty joke. I, will make I would later. almost be proud of you. You would have been proud of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you'll only say it when the mic is off. That's correct. Uh-huh. I still have a moral compass for the most part. I do. All right, that's it. You want to say anything else? No, I'm good. What about you, listener, brother, or sister? Believe me. No, <laughs> I can't. don't start that. <laughs> don't start um, Quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. Jeannie at mvsmpodcast.com. Her, her name is spelled J-E-A-N-N-E at MVSMpodcast.com. That's like man versus marriage podcast. Um, I don't know if you've noticed or you've been to the website. It's changed, and it's getting a major overhaul because there's big things in the works uh, as we go, just so you know. Um, but we'd love your feedback. We'd love to hear what your vision is. Maybe you're way ahead of us and you already had it articulated. But like uh, Ed Milet talked about in his book, Max out every 10 years. You're physically a new person, so what are you doing about your mind and your mentally new person? That wasn't said right, but it is what it is. With that, she's Jeannie Moran, my wife. I'm Quincy Moran, her husband. And this is Man vs. Marriage.